Production.net. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where Wednesday is mug day with $7 Cousin Cocktails, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, MIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Ken on vacation. You got me here for the next six days, but luckily for you, it's just not me alone. We got great guests, including David Eichel, one of my favorite people to talk Hawkeyes with. You can find his work at HawkeyeInsider.com, part of 24-7 Sports, and he joins us here today. David, as always, appreciate the time. What's happening in your world? Hello, David. Well, let's see. I see David locked in there. Well, now I'm a little bit nervous. A little bit nervous because suddenly he says he can't hear. How about this? Let's try David back. We'll get back to David here in just a moment, and we'll get things fired out. So, of course... The time that this happens is when Ken's away, right? So Ken's gone, and that means, well, I'm just running solo here. I'm just hanging out. So what we're going to do, I'm going to do this live on the air. This has never been done before, at least as far as my knowledge goes. I'm going to dial David back up. We're going to see if we can get him back. As I'm typing numbers, I'm talking to you. This is riveting radio. I, I know. I understand. This is just absolutely beautiful. Let's try it again. Let's see if we can get David. Hello? Hey, David. It's Trent. Can you hear me? Nothing again. Oh, boy. We got problems. We got issues. Heard David there. We're not getting it. Well, we got some uh, some work happening in the other studio. I wonder if maybe a, a flip was switched. Stay right there. We're going to be back in just a minute here. Going to figure things out. See what's going on. See if we can get things all figured out. Hey, how about this? Since you're dealing with me trying to figure this out on the fly, this is what we're going to do. We are going to try to give you $1,000 right now. $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. The keyword is bills. Bills at KXNO.com. Your chance at $1,000. We'll work out the bugs in the phone system when we come back. Get things all figured out as we roll through. Back in just a minute here. Stay right there. More music. Offer.com for details. All right. We're back. Miller County continues 106.3 KXNO. Thank you for your patience as well, we got, as I mentioned, one of the other side studios was uh, having some work in it. A button got flipped, but we're going to give it a shot once again. David Eichold. From HawkeyeInsider.com, he joins us. David, do you have me okay now? Yeah, I got you, Trent. All good. <laughs> there we go. Well, appreciate your patience. Appreciate the audience patience as we're working out a few kinks, going out with a couple of different things. And as I'm just sitting here talking into a microphone, trying to do a couple of different things, not exactly the uh, best time. So we took a quick time out there. But we're ready to talk Hawkeyes now. Well, first of all, David, 
How are you? It's kind of a little bit of your off season. Is this the quiet time? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit more of a quiet time trend, but uh, you know, get a uh, get travel a little bit, get do some different things, work remote. So I I really don't have much to complain about. I, I can't lie to you. It's been it's been pretty solid. I've enjoyed it. So we are out of spring football. You got a little bit going on with some recruiting. Iowa basketball looking for a big guy, but really June is where. You're going to see recruiting, I think, ramp up, certainly on the football side of things. Mm-hmm. Leading into that, it's a chance to just kind of give an overview as we await the decision officially of Chris Murray. That'll happen by June 1st if he's going to come back. Well, let's start right there. That continues to be a big question. We had the odd week last week where he gets the invitation to the Combine, then declines the invitation. It was a struggle, really, for me to wrap my mind around why you would do that. Give me your perspective, why you believe Chris Murray declined that invitation to the Combine. Yeah, you know, I, I got the chance to catch up with Kenyon Murray shortly after word became public about that. And after talking to Kenyon, it really does make sense on a lot of levels, Trent. You know, I, I've watched the Combine for years. I mean, you, you, I'm sure you've watched it more than a few times. It's a very guard-oriented thing, especially when it gets to scrimmages. I mean, I remember watching Luca Garza. He was barely getting any touches. Joe Wieskamp was barely getting any touches. It's very guard-oriented. And the reality is when you look at scouts and GMs, when they evaluate a player, it's always going to stick in the back of their mind, the sort of impression that they give. And if Chris goes in there, plays 15 minutes, and only gets up one shot, you know, some scouts or GMs might label him as not really a go-getter, not an aggressive player. So from that standpoint, it does make sense to me because I, I've long said this. If Chris Murray comes back and averages 19, 20 points a game, I think he could be a lottery pick next year, at least in the top 20. But I also am still of the belief that, this is not a done deal that he returns to Iowa. He's still going to have closed workouts, going to invite some teams. And if he gets a, a you know a second-round promise from a team, Trent, this isn't like it used to be. You, you used to be able to have to go first round. Otherwise, you're kind of going into uncharted territory. But we've seen teams really start to promise roster spots to second-round picks. And if Chris gets that, I mean, his game's going to translate. It's all about the uh, – you know, the, the trajectory that he has in his continued development. You have a brother who's going top five in the draft, and no further than six after what the lottery was last night. People are going to love Chris Murray, and he brings a lot to the table. So, like, like I said, this is not a done deal. It's going to be a very interesting uh, interesting process. But, again, I don't think they made a poor decision at all by declining the, the combine invite. It, it really was a strategic move. So there's also a theory out there that not only a guarantee from the second round, but – Maybe even a late first-round guarantee, and that's the reason a team said, hey, stay away. We are going to draft you at whatever, pick 27 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Stay away from the combine because we're guaranteeing that. Do you Again, maybe this is tinfoil hat, but it's a theory that at least I can wrap my mind around. That makes more sense than, than some of the other things that I've heard. No, no doubt. And I think another guy that you'd throw that category into is, remember Caleb Houston from Michigan? He's the only other player that declined mm-hmm. the invitation. And there's already rumors going around that there's been a team that already said they were going to draft him, and that's why he stayed away from the combine. And who knows how many interviews he's going to go do. So, like I said, I don't think that's really a tinfoil hat theory. That's just the way that the game's working right now. And, you know, it's going to be interesting going forward because you need to remember this. The NBA draft is all about potential. They're always going to draft potential over production, especially uh, when it comes to age. I mean, next year, if Chris comes back and then he goes to the league next year, I mean, Trent, he's going to be 23 years old. That's very old by NBA standards. So there's only a certain ceiling that they can he can get to is in the NBA draft. I mean, I think if Keegan if Keegan Murray, for example, is 20 years old, 
he's going number one in this draft, in my opinion. Number one or number two. I think he'd be above Jabari, maybe below Chet Holmgren, but teams are also scared of Chet Holmgren from that standpoint as well. So there's a lot of – it's going to be a very interesting next couple of weeks, and I would expect – you know, Iowa fans should not expect Chris to make a decision until maybe the day after Memorial Day or even June 1st. This is going to go down to the wire, and it's a very real possibility that Chris does leave for the NBA, and I don't think anybody would blame him. If he does leave, just how dire straits do you think Iowa basketball would be next season? Obviously, they're still looking for a big guy in the portal. They're they're kicking the tires on that. I think they're a tournament team at minimum with Chris coming back next year. Without him, just how bad do you think the Hawkeyes basketball team would be next season? I think that's the big thing. I mean, I think that's one of the most important decisions in the Big Ten because you're talking about a guy that I think is going to be a top three candidate for Big Ten preseason player of the year with what we saw Keegan do between his freshman and sophomore year, I'm expecting a similar jump from Chris. And, you know, right now Chris is playing the best basketball of his career, according to his father, Kenyon. Uh, He's shooting the ball well right now, especially if he gets the workouts in. I struggle right now to put them in the tournament, but I also don't want to disregard some of the players that they have back. I think Philip Obracek can do some good things. I think Patrick McCaffrey's due for a big breakout year. I've been on the, you know this, I've been on the Peyton Sanford train ever Mm -hmm. since. He basically got on campus. I think he's going to be a budding star, shooting star, probably in the country. Tony Perkins can take a big step forward. I think if Chris Murray leaves, it's really going to come down to what can they get out of the point guard position. Without Jordan Bohannon now, without Joe Toussaint, they'll have Aaron Ulis and they'll have freshman DeSante Bowen, who I think if he can cut down his turnovers, that's a guard that Iowa fans have really, really been begging for. I'm very high on him. He has a great relationship with new assistant coach Courtney Eldridge. But if Iowa can get point guard production, I think that they can make a run in the tournament. But if they get Chris Murray, and obviously Iowa, like you said, Iowa's kicking the tires right now with Keon Brooks Jr., the former five-star from Kentucky. If they can find a way to reel him in as well, if he drops his name out of the draft process and goes to Iowa, I think you're looking at a team that can at least, you know, maybe make a run at, you know, a sweet 16. So they continue to look for a big guy. It started with uh, Amok and... It has gone from there, the kid that ended up at Ole Miss. There was uh, a small window here that ended yesterday with Keon Brooks from Kentucky. Looks like he is going to stay in the NBA draft. So on and on and on. Iowa search for another big guy for next year. Where are they in that search and any names that we can keep our eyes on? So right now, Iowa is still monitoring the portal and who's going to drop out. And I will say this about the Keon Brooks situation. After talking to some people uh, in the know, Keon is given the canned answer that he's all in on the draft process but that does not mean he's not going to return to college i think he wanted to give that answer in case teams said oh you know what maybe he's not all in on the process maybe he wants to go back to college and he's just doing this to get some feedback so keon's obviously trying to get drafted this year he did not get invited to combine after his g league combine performance but i think right now it's still a very real possibility that keon brooks returns to college and i know iowa's trying to make a strong push for him and he uh, he did visit iowa coming out of high school has a good relationship with fran mccaffrey patrick's kept in touch with him a little bit as well so i think that'll be something to keep an eye on but right now there's really not too many other names emerging i think keon brooks is probably the prime target i know he's not that you know six foot eleven seven footer Mm -hmm. but you talk about a six foot seven guy who can rebound the ball, great on putbacks, athletic as can be. And, you know, Trent, I'll even say this. Remember, when Iowa lost in 2020, they lost to an Oregon team that was just full of six foot five to six foot seven, six foot eight athletic guys. Well, if you get Chris Murray back, you get Keon, you get Patrick, you get Peyton Stanford, you get Tony Perkins, that's a pretty athletic starting five that can stretch the floor. So 
you know, I think Fran McCaffrey, especially if they get Keon Brooks, I think there's a lot of different lineup combinations that they could use next season. That makes a lot of sense. We're talking with David Eichel, 24-7 Sports. HawkeyeInsider.com is where you can go. More news from over the past week, and that was Gary Barta uh, talking about the ban of the transfer portal automatic eligibility. The way, go back to the old rule where he had to sit out for a year before eligibility would begin. On the surface... It makes sense. I completely understand where Gary Barta was coming from. Here's my problem. I just don't think it's reality. I don't think that you can put that genie back in the bottle. Where are you? I, I agree with you from the standpoint that Gary Barta, on surface level, it makes sense. You can't put it back in the bottle. But I'll also add this. I don't think it's Gary Barta's place to say that because you are a Power 5 conference. You're a team that just went to the Big Ten Championship in football, you just won the Big Ten tournament title in basketball. You are not getting players poached right now. Their Iowa is among the lowest transfer rate, at least for for football in the country, especially Power Five. I think they're the second lowest or third lowest. Mid majors are getting just decimated. I mean, I would not want to be a mid major coach, a low major coach, because guess what? Every single star player is going to leave after a breakout season. Either go in the league or they get transfer up a level. Those are the people that are going to be are the ones that should be saying that. But when you're a team that wants to continue to make a run at Power 5 conference titles, they want to make a college football playoff, they want, to, you know, they want to do all these big things on the national stage, you can't complain about the transfer rules when you're not losing guys to the portal. Iowa needs to be taking advantage of the portal and not complaining about it. That's at least where I stand on it. And they did not tap into that portal, certainly football-wise as it pertains to bringing in. You know, here's the crazy thing football-wise. You look at last year, all right, Best returner, one of the best returners in the Big Ten, got as a transfer. Their best defensive end, got as a transfer. Yet, this picture is painted of, of doom and gloom as it pertains to Iowa's thoughts, both basketball and football-wise, when it looks at the transfer market here. They haven't been deep into it, but is that more a product of Iowa? No, specifically Iowa football. Let's keep the conversation right there. Iowa not being really involved in the transfer portal because they're pretty well set. They haven't lost many guys, so they haven't had to look for many guys. I think they were looking potentially at a, def- a couple defensive linemen, but I think you look at Lucas Van Ness. I think he's going to be an all-Big Ten caliber guy. You look at the defensive tackles there. Turn, I think they're top 11 guys outside Van Valkenburg. I mean, it makes no sense from that standpoint. You have a, a trained secondary. You have three returning linebackers, so I think all three could be potential all-Big Ten caliber guys. I think offensive tackle would have made a lot of sense on a lot of levels. But, I, will, I mean, again, Trent, we've, I don't know how many times we have to beat this drum, but Iowa probably should look for a quarterback in the portal, at least kick the tires around uh-huh. more. I mean, I think Gary Bohannon from Baylor would have been a really good guy to get as a grad transfer. He can throw the ball. He understands the game at a high level. He's a proven starter, a proven winner. I think Gary Bohannon would have made a lot of sense, and not even guaranteeing the starting spot, but at least just you know continue to push the guys that are in the locker room. But I will give Kirk and Brian this. It's very hard to get a transfer quarterback and not promise them the starting spot. I mean, it's just you're not going to be able to land many guys off that. So from that standpoint, it, it makes a lot of sense. But again, I think Iowa needs to continue to kick the tires and fill those voids. And obviously right now the thing that I think is going to hold back Iowa from returning to the Big Ten title, it, it's going to be the quarterback play. I think they check about every other box right now outside maybe the play calling and a couple of little schemes. But if Iowa gets, if Iowa's the top 70 offense next year, Trent, and they have the defense and the special teams that they've had, I expect them to win 10 games and to go back to the Big Ten title. Here's the thing that's wild to me is the decision to run it back with Spencer Petras because I think ultimately 
that's what's going to happen. I just would be so surprised yep. with everything we heard if he's not trotting out there game one as we kick off the season next uh, in September. It feels so untenable. And, and I've been around quarterback controversy. I remember the 90s when injuries decimated the quarterback room and how ugly it got. Back in the late 80s before Chuck Hartley became the guy with Dan McGuire and Tommy Pulaski. And it was, it got ugly, but nothing like this. And it doesn't matter if it's the first three and out against South Dakota State or if I was down 10 nothing early to Iowa State in week two. David, you know what I, you know what Kinnick's going to be. It's not going to be a pretty place if Petrus is struggling. No doubt. And I think the noise is even going to amplify tenfold because Brian Ferentz is now coaching the quarterbacks. And I was on cover three the other day with Bud Elliott, and I just said, look, right now they're not expecting improvement. They're expecting immediate improvement if they're going to move Brian to coach quarterbacks. And, and I want to keep this in perspective, too. I want people to realize this. When we talk about Spencer Petras and struggling and people are going to be disappointed, it's nothing personal. This is strictly on the football field because Spencer – from all accounts I've heard, is a great ambassador for the program. He's been really good to interview. Uh, he's a very smart football player, and he's a good dude. But when you look at the production, what Iowa needs and where they're trying to get, right now, on, with using the eye test and on paper, Iowa right now, the offense, it, it's, it's putrid. 94th in the country uh, in total points, I believe. 100th in about every other statistical category. There's a lack of deep threats. But you also look at the supporting cast. Keegan Johnson, I think, could be an All-Big Ten guy. Arlen Bruce has a high ceiling. Sam Laporta could be a you know a round one or round two tight end, All-Big Ten guy. And then you have Gavin LaShawn Williams, who I thought really played well against Kentucky. There are pieces there, and Iowa's offensive line should be better despite losing Linderbaum. It's going to come down to play calling, and it's going to come down to the quarterback play. And based on what we've seen so far, Trent, right now it's, it's tough to see Iowa pull off the upsets that they'll need to do to go back to the Big Ten title because guess what? The schedule is harder than it has been the past few years. This is going to be by far the hardest slate that Spencer Petras has ever had as the starting quarterback at Iowa. And it's not a stretch. I understand the domination that Kirk Ferentz and Iowa's had against Iowa State. But, you know, Iowa State, all of a sudden, hey, we see the Hawkeyes actually turn the ball over twice, something they haven't done in six years against the Cyclones. And you lose that game. You lose to Michigan again. You get blown out by Ohio State. You lose Purdue, Wisconsin again, and, and a couple of others. And all of a sudden, you're looking at a 6-6 six and six year. Just the ugliness of that and what it would take for Kirk Ferentz to fire his son. If it goes that bad, is Kirk going to go down with this ship? Has he dug his heels in that much that if this goes poorly again offensively this year, we're going to see some real ugly times as it pertains to the historic Hall of Fame head coach for the Hawks? I think it's just going to go down. Like It's very tough to to say that, and I understand the point of that, but you also look at Iowa's end the last four seasons ranked. They're fresh off the 10-win season. They just won a Big Ten West title for the first time since 2015. But, again, I think people are still frustrated by the fact that the defense and special teams is, is at such an elite level that almost covers up the offense, and that's why they continue to win games. But Kirk only cares about one thing, and that's winning games. They don't care how. And I think that mindset has been holding Iowa back from getting to that title category that they want to get. Because guess what? The offense won't be able to hide behind special teams this year. They'll have a great punter, a great returner. But there's no Caleb Shudak, Keith Duncan, or Miguel Orsinos right now in the kicking room. I think they're going to be good down the line. But Iowa's red zone offense has to be 10 times better than it has been over the past few years. Because like you said, special teams won Iowa, I think, three games last year. You know, and I think the offense and special teams could lose Iowa six games this year. They could go anywhere from six and six to ten and two to eleven and one. 
that's where this range is with this team, and that's just how wild this entire this entire season is going to be. They have 16 returning starters. They got dudes. But at the end of the day, the offense has to produce. And I think they, they, I mean, they know that. They know that. We'll get you out on this, David Eichholt from HawkeyeInsider.com. David, uh, of course, you deal so much with recruiting at 24-7 Sports. How sick are you about the NIL conversation? Oh, I'm beyond sick of it. Uh, it's going to continue. Like I've, I've said, I think for the next two or three years, this is going to go down a very, very dark path, very gray area path. I think they're going to eventually get it back in the middle. But I think we've overcorrected on the transfer portal, NIL, and there's just a lot of a lot of stuff. But I will say, Trent, this has been going on for years. This is just the first time a lot of this stuff is public. Let's let's be real. I mean, we're not naive enough to do that, right? But Kirk Ferentz is still recruiting at a better rate than ever. They're off to an outstanding start in 2024. They're locking down in state in 2023. And uh, I, I think right now that big official visit weekend near the end of June uh, I think we're going to see a lot more commitments here over the next five weeks for Iowa football. You can read about it at HawkeyeInsider.com. He's David Eichold. David, as always, thanks for the time and your patience today as we got the uh, bugs uh, kinked out of here and figured out. Thanks so much. Hey, always, trying. Always good talking to you. Take care, Mike. We'll take a time out. Thanks to David for joining us, as always. When we come back, we'll talk a little Cyclones, also some baseball. Tommy Birch from the Des Moines Register. As we take you up until noon, it's Miller and Condon. Why should you apply for a career with Wolf Construction? It's exciting and it's fresh and it's new every day. It creates new challenges and opportunities each day. I wouldn't want to work anywhere else but Wolf Construction. You can look around and go, wow, look what we've accomplished today as a Wolf team. Wolf offers competitive pay. The benefits are great. They have a matching 401k. Don't wait. Apply today at Wolf Construction. Get on board here. Join us here at Wolf Construction. Sign up and let's go. Wolf Construction is a great place to be. Apply today. Wolf Construction you get your podcasts. Victory Mounds is your ace when it comes to premium baseball and softball products and services. Utilizing our vast game and industry expertise, we sell portable pitching mounds, field equipment, and field products that we trust, use, and have used when coaching or playing. But that's not all. Victory Mounds Field Consulting Services can help you improve the quality and playability of your field. Craig Allison has years of experience in the mound business and is Victory Mounds National Sales Executive. While Mike Donahoe is in charge of field equipment and products. Visit VictoryMounds.com to see what Victory Mounds can do for you. Eleven thirty-three, Miller and Cotton, one hundred six point three KXNO. So we take you up until noon. Tommy Birch, longtime writer for the Des Moines Register, he is. Covered it all, but baseball always at the forefront of the conversation with Birchie as he joins us here. Tommy, what is going on? Hanging out at the press box today, and uh, some dignitaries apparently there as well hanging out with you. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, Ross Peterson just uh, wandered up here, and he's he's roaming the hallways somewhere. So he, uh, he got a ticket or a pass or something, but he got by security, and they let him up here. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, letting anybody in. Well, the Iowa Cubs, uh, a guy that we didn't get to see with the Iowa Cubs this season, Christopher Morrell, who hits a home run in his Major League debut last night for the big club, the Chicago Clubs. He was at Double A with Tennessee. What a moment that was. And it doesn't matter what the team is, but to see those moments, even if the guy gets a hit in his first at bat, just so cool see family, see friends, see the crowd. What a moment that was last night in Chicago. Yeah, really cool. And it's really not surprising to see 
just how excited all his teammates were and all the fans because, you know, he had a brief stint in Iowa at the end of last season when I believe Tennessee season had ended or they had shut down because of COVID-19 and he came up and got some at-bats and got some experience at the AAA level and everybody you talked to that had been around him or played with him or just met him sometime along the journey was a big fan of Christopher Morrell. And you could tell that just by the energy he brought to the field, just the excitement. Everybody liked him. Everybody enjoyed being around him, and everybody was rooting for him. And that's why um, I think you saw that overwhelming amount of uh, uh, celebration going on when he hit that bomb. Because, you know, look, it's a big deal. Anytime somebody hits a home run in their first big goal, you got that. But when it's somebody that popular and that well-respected around the organization, the clubhouse, it just takes on a whole different level. 12.08 first pitch today with the Iowa Cubs as they take on Columbus. Also an afternoon game tomorrow, 12.08, uh, as that series continues before Friday night and through the weekend with the Iowa Cubs. What's the biggest story right now that you're looking at with the Iowa Cubs uh, as you look at this squad going through uh, their first, I don't know, real season it feels in a couple of years? Yeah, I think right now kind of the biggest story is Caleb Killian. He's the top pitching prospect in the organization. According to MLB Pipeline, he's the guy that one of the guys that the Cubs ended up getting in the Chris Bryant trade. A lot of eyes were on Brennan Davis at the start of the year. He's a top prospect in the system, 15th best prospect in all baseball. But Brennan struggled out of the gate to start the year. Now he's on the injured list. And then kind of all the attention shifted to Killian, who was just absolutely shoved. Uh, since he's been here. He's had a little trouble going deep into baseball games. Part of that is because the pitch counts. Part of that is he just hasn't been overwhelmingly efficient with his pitches at times. He's probably, you know, um, nibbled a little bit when it comes to pitching through the the strike zone. But uh, the time he's been out on the mound, he has been really, really impressive. I think fans are kind of counting down the days until his, his first start ends up being in Chicago. But I think right now it's just kind of watching him fine-tune his stuff and uh, make more of a compelling case to to get a big league opportunity. So we'll see the Cubs later this season at Field of Dreams. We talked to you a little bit last week, Birchie, about kind of the future of what the Field of Dreams is going to be. Give us us your crystal ball. Ultimately, how this plays out. Are we looking at a yearly game at the MLB stadium? Are we talking high school state baseball tournaments and all the youth tournaments that they're happening there? Ultimately, how does everything play out there up in Dyersville? Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of different types uh, of baseball. I think you're going to see high school tournaments, college tournaments, maybe not college tournaments, but college games. I could, you know, I know there's been talk about, you know, getting some, you know, lower level college tournament games there. I think the big league game is obviously the, the big marquee one that everybody wants to know about. It'll be there this year. I think it'll be there next year, and I think kind of how it goes this year, and if it is indeed back next year, how it goes there, I think is kind of going to be what determines what the long-term future of Major League Baseball coming to Dyersville is going to be. So, um, you know, the biggest concern is like, okay, it's, it's done really well. It's really captivated the attention of fans going to the game and fans watching on TV, and let's be honest, Major League Baseball needs a little goodwill, and this is a a goodwill type game that really makes everybody happy, but the risk you you have in running it back to back to back and just making a permanent part of the schedule is taking away some of that magic and taking away some of the 
the continued interest. I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you see it take a break at some point and kind of um, let it kind of build up interest again. But I, I, will def- I think we'll definitely see Major League Baseball coming back. You'll see Minor League Baseball coming back. So um, it, it, it's got a ton of potential uh, throughout, uh, throughout different levels of baseball for, for that facility. Tommy, got a selfish baseball question for you. The Minnesota Twins activate Carlos Correa as he's coming off the finger injury. Not as significant as was first worried uh, when he injured that finger last week. But he's back in the lineup today for the afternoon game, the getaway game against Oakland. But that means that Royce Lewis, their prize prospect who looked incredibly good, had a grand slam for his first career homer, had another homer against Oakland. He's swinging it well. He's fielding his position well, maybe even better than people anticipated at shortstop, you're not going to play him over Carlos Correa at short. I get that. But the decision to send him back down, your thoughts overall, Royce Lewis, one of the best prospects in baseball. Yeah, the timing of it looks really bad just because of how Royce has, has played just absolutely dominated. But and he has made a giant impact on that big league team. It's really amazing to think about how well he's played, given all he's been through and with the injury and not having a 2020 season. But you're paying Carlos Correa a ton of money to to be on the field, and you aren't going to sit Carlos yeah, Gold Glove winning shortstop and one of the best shortstops in baseball for a rookie who has only had a cup of tea in the you know cup of coffee in the major leagues, and you know who you're still waiting to see. Like okay, at some point, maybe, you know opposing pitchers are going to adapt and figure him out. The book's going to get out. And he eventually is going to hit a rough stretch, but. Um, so in the meantime, you gotta find a way to play him. You gotta find a way to get him at second, bounce him around the outfield, uh, stuff like that. And I think the Twins just don't want to have him learn at the big league level, and they want him to get every day at bat. So it's going to be in St. Paul. But if he if he plays good defense and he continues to hint, he'll be back in the majors and he could be a very very valuable weapon for the Twins. I think in the long term, uh, it provides a lot of. Uh, comfort with the idea that man Carlos Correa may be walking away at the end of this year, and then that might ease some of those pains just a little bit, knowing how well he's played so far. Taking a look at that Iowa Cubs schedule, the St. Paul Saints coming to town there right at the end of May, early June. I'm taking a look here, Thursday, June second, twelve oh eight first pitch. I might get there at twelve fifteen. If you're not working, you want to hoist one to watch a little Saints versus I Cubs. I, I, would I ever tell you no? Rarely. Rarely, that's for sure. Birchie, I appreciate the time. Always great talking baseball with you. We'll do it again real soon and enjoy your time out there and keep Petey out of trouble, okay? Man, you're asking a lot out of me. Full-time job. Thanks, Tommy. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Tommy Birch with the Devoid Register as he joins us here on Miller and Conn. We're going to come back on the other side, put a cap on things. It's time for my Circa plays of the day yesterday three and three had a winning day on monday we try to get on the right side of things got a lean in basketball got a thought in hockey got a little baseball including some afternoon baseball but the biggest thing i really want to dive into here is the pga championship i love betting golf i love even more betting majors there's a couple of guys that i've identified that i really like here and ways to bet golf i'm gonna help you out a little bit if you're new to yeah it's one thing to bet football right I mean, a lot of people bet football, bet basketball. You, you get all that. Betting golf is a little bit different. Now, I'm not here to say that I'm some kind of expert because 
I am the furthest, furthest thing from that. But some tips, some ideas, some theories, things that you can do to take the PGA Championship to a more enjoyable betting level. We'll do that next. It's the Circa Plays of the Day when we come back on 106.3.net. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com. Wolf Construction and Wolf Roofing are currently hiring. What makes Wolf Construction a better place to work is that when we think about developing the whole person is important, whether that person is a new carpenter labor on a job site or that person's a project accountant that works in the office. It doesn't matter who. It becomes more than just a job or a company you show up to. It becomes part of the Wolf family. Competitive pay, excellent benefits, and a $1,000 sign-on bonus. Apply today at Wolf Construction. For details. Trent Condon here for the Grumpy Goat Tavern. Sometimes after arguing with Ken on the radio show, I just need a beer. Or after a long night of calling a game, I just need a beer. Well, my favorite place to stop is the Grumpy Goat Tavern. With two locations in West Des Moines and First Street in Ankeny, where I can stop and grab that cold one. And they have over 50 beers on tap. Of course, my favorite's the domestics, but if you're more adventurous, they have you covered. And it's not just drinks. The Grumpy Goat Tavern takes bar food to a new level. I'll see you next time at the Grumpy Goat Tavern. (laughs) Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's Pick of the Day. Presented by Circus Sports Iowa. All right, welcome back one final time. Trent Condon running solo. Ken on vacation on his way to California. For a few days, and then he's making his way to Vegas. He'll be back with us a week from Friday. So you, me, a couple of guest hosts going to be stopping by. Cody Goodwin's going to be here next week from the Des Moines Register. Got Emery Songer stopping in for the day. Uh, and John Lamb also going to join me, who does high school basketball with me. High school baseball tonight. Coverage will get started this evening as Waukee Northwest opens up their new stadium against West Des Moines Valley. Have that one for you tonight. Game two of their doubleheader. 7 o'clock first pitch right here on KXNO. Looking forward to getting back out there. And after the slow time for me, coming off state wrestling, state basketball, of course the NCAA tournament, April and, well, it used to be deeper into May, kind of my quiet time, but now I'm back in the swing of things and looking forward to getting out there, seeing the new field at Waukee Northwest. 7 o'clock tonight, you can catch it here on KXNO. But it's time right now to go out and try to make a little money. Let's take a look here at my picks of the day. So I got a slew of different games that I've looked at baseball-wise, and I mentioned going to try to help you out with the PGA Championship. But ultimately, hey, there's no sure things. We're talking about a field of, what, 150, sometimes upwards of 170 guys in a particular field. And you're trying to pick the one that wins the tournament. It can be incredibly difficult. But tonight, here's what I'm playing. Starting the NBA Game 1 Western Conference Finals, Golden State, off the victory, of course, in Game 6 against Memphis. Had that putrid performance the game before. Dallas coming off the grinder. Talked about that yesterday with Boston. Didn't like the Celtics coming off the grind of the series they had just played against Milwaukee. For whatever reason, I don't have that same feeling about Dallas tonight. And maybe I'm just enamored with what we saw out of Luka. But 
I have concerns about what Golden State is going to do. And yeah, when they play that death ball lineup and they got Draymond out there switching everything and what he can do and maybe do defensively against Luka, but a couple of those positions, I have my concerns here. I'm going to grab the Mavericks tonight. Going to grab the five and a half with my first pick. One hockey game tonight that I'm looking at, it's the Battle of Alberta. Edmonton at Calgary, plus 140 the price on the Oilers, going to jump aboard with the dog in Game 1. Calgary, yeah, they got the series win against Dallas, but certainly not the Flames team that a lot of people anticipated, I think, we were going to see in that opening round. A lot of people like them to cruise. That was not the case. So, going to jump on the Oilers here, Connor McDavid and company, plus 143. baseball games, uh, none of them afternoon, all evening games starting... Well, I guess kind of late afternoon, 5-10 first pitch. Cleveland hosting Cincinnati. I'm doing it. Give me the Reds. Plus 118. Quantrill on the mound for Cleveland. Have not loved what he has done this season. And Malley has certainly been the best Reds pitcher up until this point. I'm going to grab Cincinnati. God, oh boy. There's times you just got to plug your nose and go with it. Another underdog. I'm going to go with the Padres plus 138 against the Phillies this evening. And wrap it up with the... Wrap-up of the series, Kansas City and the White Sox. Minus 146, the number. Give me the White Sox for my picks there. But I mentioned we got the PGA Championship. And the great thing, one of the many great things about Circa. Again, more details on the Circa contest earlier in the program today. You can go back to the podcast and listen to Derek Stevens and talking about what we're going to be doing with our Iowa event out there. MC20, the promo code, for you to get 20% off your hotel room either at Circa or the D using MC20. Uh, just go out there, get 20% off your rooms, and we're going to be out there doing a show on that Friday, August 12th. We'll be having a pool party at Stadium Swim on the 13th. More details to come, but see a flight that hits your fancy, you can do that. And that promo code, by the way, is good August 7th through the 17th. You can use that promo code MC20, get 20% off at Circa. But what Circa does, betting-wise, with golf, it used to be... You know, you would get a theoretical hold of about 20%. That's what the book was looking to keep. Now, it didn't always happen. You get upside down in some numbers, but it got upwards of 30%. There are some books now, some of the major names that you hear, that go to 32 33%. That means that their rake, what they're keeping, is upwards of 33% of your money. 10% is the hold for a regular game. They're going over 30%. Not the case of Circa. Down today to 19% theoretical hold. There's some great numbers out there. And not only that, but the best odds that you're going to find. My guy, Max Homa, I'm playing him. I'm playing him to finish in the top 20. I'm playing him to win the tournament. He is 70-1. to There are other prices right now for Max Homa at other shops outside of Circa. You get Max Homa at 45-1. to You can get him at 70-1 to currently at Circa. Playing him to finish in the top 20, that's plus 310, and also playing him to win the tournament. Also going to jump on Matthew Fitzpatrick. He's a guy I like both top 20. I'm going to jump aboard there. I think he's coming in with really, really good form. Xander Shoffley, I'm going that route with Shoffley. Top 20 is not a great price. It's even money overall comparison to some of these other guys, but really like what we saw out of him, especially on Sunday uh, last weekend. And finally, of the favorites, give me Jordan Spieth. That is who I'm playing this week at the PGA. Best of luck to you. Shoffley, Max Homa, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Jordan Spieth playing them top 20s, playing them also to win the tournament. Usually a full unit on a top 20, sometimes a half unit on to win the tournament. 
Lots of different ways to get involved. Circa does a great job of it. That does it for today. Thanks, everybody. Back tomorrow at 10 here on KXN.